0: Really, really ask yourself question. Do I really want to do it? Does it come from the heart? You know, it's just like people say it's nice, nice. But you know, it must come from yourself, not from other people, because other people, they don't live in your shoes. You know, it's not them who's going to work. Do it, work it, you know. You got no time to impress people, you know. <laughs> when you really impress people, it's no matter what you do, you do it really, really, really well and you excel. And that's when you impress people. It's not even that important.
1: Hey everybody, this is Anthony for a new episode of Your Brothers Podcast. Today, my guest is Ludwig Germain Auclair. Ludwig is a professional blacksmith with a specialization in high-end customized cooking knives and he also has a big background in professional photography. He definitely is a free spirit. When he was young, he realized the traditional school system was not for him, so it forced him to go to his own unique path and make his success. And now because of that, he has more clients than he can handle and I'm very happy for him. Thank you for being here, my good friend. Hey, hello, Arto. Nice to meet you. (laughs) Nice to meet you again. So, Ludwig, um, I always like to do with my clients and my clients, with my guests, to go back in time when you were little and you had this first feeling that maybe you were different and maybe yeah, school was not for you or you were a bit unique. So let's go back in time, little Ludwig, and tell me how it was maybe with the family and stuff.
0: Uh, Well, actually, I grew up in a big family. We call ourselves a tribe. Uh, i had three uh, brothers and sisters like two brothers one sister <laughs> and um i was actually the middle one like not the oldest not the youngest and um it was a pretty funny dynamic cuz like i've had like a very happy uh, childhood we we were moving a lot actually my 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 father was working in forestry mm-hmm. and so we hang around we were living close to wood camps and all that stuff and it's been a lot of fun it's been like very um i'd say a non-conventional childhood uh, free thinkers, like free spirit kind of vibe. Man. They were funny people, you know, like very, very entrepreneurship wise. Like they were doing a lot of stuff also by themselves and they were pretty daring people mm-hmm. uh, for better or worse sometimes, you know, but in any case, they were true to themselves. And the thing is, I, I kind of grew up in that environment and whenever I went to school, for example, I was just, I don't want to be like pompous or like just arrogant with what I'm saying right now. It's just the point that I, my, my my perspective as a child of what life was was pretty much something else than most other child like my normal was pretty different yeah. and, and then better or worse we we're just different you know so whenever like when I start to, to, to we, was, we we settled down in Stoneham for example and I went to primary school there and we uh, I started to have like quite a lot of friends like here and there and like just to see the different Base, the different lifestyles, just the way like most people actually were living, which is a little bit more quiet than what I was used to, for example. And, yeah. you know, it was something a bit strange at first because I wasn't used to it. It was not my normal. But, you know, like the more you grow up, the more you have to, to go through experiences with different people. You get to realize, yeah, well, that's pretty much how it is, you know. And yeah. It's been a bit hard. I, I must say, like, th- th- that's the, the paradox with um, how I kind of grew up and I was raised. It's just that it, it, it's been very, very interesting. It made me the person I am, also different perspective and stuff. But in a way, I was not actually completely ready to deal, hopefully, with how society works because we're a bit yeah. outsiders, you know. But it turned out pretty well, actually, in the end. But I'm kind of happy because, like, I, I did kind of untangle my my mind about it, just, yeah. like, figure it out. And now I can deal with it pretty much all right, but I do it on my own terms and try to stay true to myself. And I, I, I I've never fit actually in the square that society tries to put you and I'm mm.
1: pretty f- well. I'm fine with that, you know. But yeah. that's a struggle sometimes, but it's worth it. So Yeah, you know, I re- that's what I like about you. Like your energy, you're a very laid back guy and I don't feel like even if you had stress, it will be like, I can deal with that. That's not a big deal. And it's like maybe this energy of I don't know, this Viking energy that you that you have, this look, it, it feels like you you know what you're doing and you can handle things quite well. Am I wrong or is it just an appearance?
0: Well, actually, um, trust me, sometimes I have absolutely no clue what I'm doing, but I just assume <laughs> it, you know, what? I don't lie to myself. That's the key, you know, what? I won't I, I won't just say that. Yeah, I won't lie to myself to others it's about it. I, I don't. If uh, it's just, if you're kind of screwed in a way and you don't know what you're doing, you just assume it up front. You're trying your damn best, you know, and if it doesn't work, well, at least you did, but you do it for real. You, you don't, you know, you give it your 110%, you know, you, yeah. go, you power through it, but yeah, I've got a lot of doubts and stuff. And for example, now that I'm an entrepreneur, for example, I've had pretty, pretty stressful situation and, you know, not like a crybaby in bed situation type, but pretty close to it and i've had to deal with it and
1: give us some that, example that, like, people would like the stories of like maybe lower like at the bottom of your career or something maybe somebody stole something of like your ideas or anything that could be relatable to people yeah, who watch that's, this and they want to, to that's a uh, very very yeah that's
0: a very uh, good point actually to point out like because i've had quite a couple but one that that was pretty prominent i must say is, um, for example, right now here, I'm a shared workshop, and um, I've had to deal, you know, in a shared work environment, but, like, I was bringing my own uh, equipment to the shop to make it accessible to all other people, especially as I'm a blacksmith, and I do mostly mental working. And uh, there's been, like, some conflict with, like, you know, I was bringing my stuff. I was sharing and stuff. And, you know, it was an exchange of uh, goodwill. And I, like you can use my stuff and Mm -hmm. I can work here. We share space. It's all good. But I've had like big trouble and that's been like a big problem of mine for whole, whole my life pretty much just like to assume my limits, you know, Mm -hmm. just say, did you know when to say no exactly? You know, and I've, I always say yes. And it's been like very troublesome at times. And the thing is, uh, people and they're not mean people I don't want to bash or anything like it wasn't clear enough but like some people kind of like went too far over my limits but I didn't say it you know I didn't told, I didn't tell my limit up front you know Yeah. You know, so like I had to learn because I, I kind of like it, it kind of accumulated a bit like volcano effect you know and after a while it didn't explode because I, I I don't do that it's not my type of thing I'm pretty laid back guy on that though I'm yeah. I'm pretty cold blooded on that but it, it made me have like a pretty radical change. Like I had to move shop literally because actually my, the, the job I do as blacksmith makes a lot of noise. Basically, you just smash steel all day long. Yeah. You know? so, <laughs> and I have like a specific machine, which is a power hammer. They call it. It's like a big one-ton machine cast iron that's just like the electrical plug. And there's like a big hammer ram that just goes up and down 200 beats per minute. And it's like a 50-pound weight that just bashes steel, you know. Jeez. With 40 decibel sound, you know, so it's incredible. It's like a jackhammer, but worse, you know, on oh steel. Oh, my God. So, so, yeah, like, here we have, like, it's an industrial area, but, like, there's also a residential area close by. So um, I, it was legal. That's one of the reasons I went there is because it was, like, on, in, the, like in the Quebec City uh, legislation, we are actually on an industrial street, so it, it was legal for me to have that machine as long as I respect yeah. like working hours, whatever. Got it, yeah. But the street just behind, close to the building, is residential, and the buildings are like really, really close to each mm. other. And it was bolted to the ground. My machine is so heavy, it moves a lot. And the vibration of the hammering was just all going through the floor because like big coming concrete area and just going and just going up the building of the neighbor and like he's he's like the owner of the whole block he rents people and it just bam 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 you know it was going crazy and i can't understand it but the thing is uh space was shared it was my machine but the noise was actually coming from some other users i had to figure that out and it was my responsibility but it was not my exactly my fault you know, because i, yeah. I talked to the whole neighborhood area and say okay if i if i work you know just between 9 a.m and 2 p.m like from tuesday to thursday you know like is it okay and people are like no it's okay for you know but there was some other people like i i tried to set limits and i wasn't clear enough and i had to deal with it and i was like yeah please could you just took be careful with that yeah exactly just like set limits and like just common sense in a way but common sense needs sometimes more explanation than just always yeah Trust people you know because it's not the same common ground for all people so I learned that the hard way because after a while like we almost had complaints from that neighbor and mm. I had to move shop actually so I went back to my parents place in Stoneham
1: I built another shop altogether mm. there and, and now that this was very really hard mm-hmm. yeah this new shop is uh, more isolated, like there's nobody around, so you can make as much no- noise as you want there.
0: Well, actually, yeah, there are a couple of factors. Uh thing is, uh, it's in the forest, uh, so there's like trees and stuff. Like my parents they have a pretty big lot of ground, so yeah. like mm-hmm. closest neighbors, like 300 meters away. So. Okay. And yeah, we have peace of mind. It's pretty nice. i just working. It's pretty cool. I love it. Yeah. But the thing is, this shop here where I'm at right now, it's a very, very lovely shop. I like Mission yeah I like it's cooperative workshop. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember I uh, I work in the administration of the whole uh, metal shop administration. You no know, logistical. Like for formation, for example, I give classes, sharpening classes, blacksmithing classes. Mm-hmm. And it's all like very, it's a community workshop, you know, and it's very, uh, Acts to social work also and like there are lots of like initiatives are very very nice we get like a like a public garden everybody can work on it like that stuff it's it's very nice i I keep my feet there just to give classes because i love the place but yeah i had to move shop and it's been hard because actually while uh, while i was uh, just very stressful because when i was taking care of this stuff uh, you know I had to figure out oh, could I insulate because I tried to find a solution first before moving shop. you know like I spent like five weeks trying to figure out how it can be less noisy and stuff and during those five weeks I didn't work like on my stuff and I didn't make mm-hmm. money you know and I had to pay bills and stuff and you know it's pretty stressful when that's all you're doing I don't have a side job so yeah, it's been extremely rough just to handle like the stress and I didn't have much uh, pillow security back then and price because it catched me back in lots of way afterwards but it made me grow as a person give me more perspective on what i do and just think like two three steps ahead nowadays so i'm not yeah. careful about that
1: so the the blacksmithing company how long ago did you start officially like with your uh instagram page and people having interest for that like was it three years ago four years ago or even more
0: um long story short officially it's been two years uh-huh that I'm like really, really doing it like full-time and I don't have any side jobs. And I do it mostly and like I sell to chefs, for example. Um, but the thing is I started blacksmithing 11 years ago. Uh, I did sculpture classes at uh, like art schools. And it's like a pre-university school uh, mm-hmm. specialized like uh, art school basically in Sejepi uh, and there, I had a teacher who was lucky enough. I was lucky enough to have a teacher to, to, to teach me most of his stuff. And he's a tool maker by trade, like fourth generation. Like his great great grandfather was doing it also, you know. So he had a lot of skill to share. And tool making, be it hammers, chisel, whatever, it's, like, it's all basically steel that you hammer hot so it's soft. And then you harden it, like you quench it, for example, in oil, water, to make that steel very, very hard to make it like. Fulfilling as a tool, you know, yeah. workwise, so it gets hard enough to to punch, to cut, whatever, you know, and it's basically like a knife is in that class of tools, and it's made in a similar way. It's just the form, the geometry, you know, that varies and stuff. And the thing is, like, I I started it, started it, like for example, I was making my own wood chisel for wood carving mm-hmm. you know, with old like suspension from trucks and stuff. It's good steel wow. off making knife recycling. <laughs> I like that, and uh, like I've done it for bit, you know like 11 years ago when I was at school even after school like I built myself like a very very small wood like metal table I can make stuff to make like small forge but you know very makeshift you know pretty (laughs) very small scale you know and but I kind of like let it go for a while because I've been a photographer also and I, I wanted to concentrate on photography and I loved it back then and I still love it but just different perspective nowadays but in case, like, uh, another thing is wh- while I was doing photography, I was working in restaurant business. Mm-hmm. And because of my background, I also learned how to sharpen, like sharpen tools and knife on yeah. sharpening stones. And one side hustle I had when I was working in the restaurant industries, like my friends were cooks and stuff, I was saying, just like, hey, give me a knife for the weekend. I'm just going to tune them up, just refresh them, make them sharp again. Um I wasn't as good as I am now. Like, I not nearly as Skillful and at ease with that, but still, I was playing and was mostly doing it for free for a while. Mm -hmm. And once in a while, I had like those big, fancy Japanese knives, and I was really scared to even touch them you know, $500 knives. You know, it's a bit scary if you do something (laughs) wrong,
1: it
0: doesn't go well. Uh, But after a while, I go, I'm gonna try it, I'm just gonna document myself, go on YouTube, you know, see forums like people who know their stuff better than I do, you know, just Mm -hmm. to. See how I can fix it. Because I had a friend, he had like $500 Japanese knife that was cheap. And he was like, it's good to garbage right now anyway. So try your best and let's see how, where it goes. You know, it can be worse. You know? yeah. But the thing is, I tried it and it was worse. <laughs> I was like, oh, <laughs> shit. But it was like, yeah, okay, but damn. But I was like, yeah. you know what? If you trust me still, I, I'll do my best. And I'll keep working on it. And I spent, like, two months in the side hustle just to try to fix that specific knife. And I, I did, really? like, tremendous reading. Uh, I'm grateful because light gave me a very, very good photographic memory. So, like, I, I memorize like, 80% of what I read. So, I oh. can relate that and stuff. So, yeah, I read a lot about it. And I tried my stuff. I bought some stuff. I did some experiment. Then I fixed that knife and I make it as good as new, you know, basically. And I really? gave it back to the guy who was like, you because he bought that knife in Japan basically. And was like, yeah. yeah, it's pretty much as good as new. And it looks good too. It was like, that's cool. And that guy like had 20 years experience in the restaurant industry. And that guy kind of gave me some contacts here and there. And like, I made myself a name like in two, three years as, uh-huh. a, Cynosol, as a sharpener and it got pretty well. And the funny thing to, to get back to how I started to, to do it full time uh in 2019 uh i was working in uh cavalier it was like a touring setup like the circus was moving around the united states and canada and <clears throat> like that was a, a job like a seasonal job like just small runs like three four weeks then you're two months off and so like in between i was still working here and there in restaurants and restaurants stuff but like i was like hey i could yeah because i was sharpening knives I knew how to work the wood, for example. I knew how to forge. Like I was doing quite a good lot of like knife sharpening and stuff. And I went to a friend who had a little forge and I forged again. Like it's been five, six years I hadn't forged. And I was like, this is fun. You know, I could, mm. could just try it. Cause I, I've got like all the individual parts of the process. I kind of know, like, let's smash them all together and make something about puzzle, you know? And yeah. basically I tried it and I kind of, fell in love you know with that and i really really love it and just before covid actually uh i started to do it and when covid hits i was already working at home pretty much all the time so it was like well i'm just gonna follow see where it goes and Mm. like i was doing it i was just mostly showing off just like pretty much uh Hear the mouth, you know, like small scale uh, networking, just showing. Yeah, that's what I do, and the way I do it. And like I had some friends who knew about knives and Japanese knife in general, and they were like, "Oh, this looks good," you know. And just little by little, it just kind of like, <laughs> it blew up in a good way, you know. Yeah. And yeah. you know what but, I? Oh, uh, sorry, you're finished. I was just saying that um, the thing is, I've had like the. Um,
1: in French, we say syndrome de l'imposteur. Um, it's the same, imposter syndrome is the same word. Imposter yeah, syndrome. imposter syndrome, you know, because I basically, like, I felt like a
0: YouTube YouTube kid that was trying his best, you know, but like I wasn't properly doing it. But the yeah. day I stopped having a side job and doing it full time, like, I'd say after three months because I was just cutting my feet on it, basically, you know, just because, mm-hmm. like, Grinding in a way, you know, because I had nothing else to do, and like I was like, okay, yeah. yeah, that that's what it is. Being a pro, it's not necessarily about making always the best and the cleanest. Because I know, like, some knife makers who do it as a side hustle for twenty years, and they do like three thousand dollars knife, and they're they're very stunning, you know, they're very beautiful, but they're not pros in a way that you know they do like two three knives a year, you know, they don't depend on it. And like being a pro, it's not always about like making the three thousand dollars stuff, whatever. It's just about like being sharp, professional, like having your stuff together. Yeah. And like delivering, be consistent and reliable. That's something I've learned also a bit the hard way. And now I'm, that's something I'm kind of proud of. Like that's something I kind of figured out like last month. And I'm pretty happy I did, you know, Mm but, and it's funny, but now I feel like I'm doing it full time properly. And like, I assume it, and I don't feel like an imposter nowadays. So
1: that's something I'm happy about. I would love to speak about this. Uh, So I have two things coming up to mind. First thing is, When you were speaking about trying to fix this knife, I could feel like your dedication to the work ethic to say, I'm going to find a solution, give it to me. You are committed to find a solution. And (laughs) my mentor, Grant Cardone, is often saying that. He's saying, when you're committed, the creativity will come. And this is a perfect example of you not giving up on this and promising you would do something. And because of that, eventually the solution came to you, which is phenomenal because most people would just quit maybe after a couple of hours of work on it
0: well um i'm a pretty stubborn fellow in that kind of stuff <laughs> i don't give up easily Ah, uh, yeah that knife i remember i spent like 13 hours nonstop one day about it like because I, I spent like 100 hours in that my fault together be it like reading crazy, working on man. it you know but it's just whenever i do that kind of stuff i just go like into my bubble into my zone you know yeah. i don't see like time is just melting my hands basically. And I don't yeah. see time coming. I forgot to eat even, you know, that's something I'm careful about nowadays. Cause it's not, mm. it's not balanced. It's not a balanced lifestyle to be that passionate and stuff. You, you have to have like a little, um, just be careful, you know, because it's just like, it goes by, 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 it's just, you know, a little sprint time. Like I'll do it like once in a month, like a 15 hour big shift. Cause like last last fall, I was
1: doing twenty hour shift. You, know? yeah, that's that's a bit old. <laughs> Twenty yeah, is a was, bit, uh, over the top, basically. For sure. Yeah, but like I was, it was coffee. <laughs> but <laughs> I, I would that, not. That's not <laughs> I would not say you know, I don't think that if you love what you do and you can do it because, for example, somebody who has a family, uh, is it three kids? And a wife, maybe not be able to work 18 to 20 hour shift. But if you're single and you don't have any other responsibilities, but you love your work, I agree with you. Mm -hmm. Okay, drink water, maybe drink your coffee if you like it, uh, eat healthy. But I don't think there's something really negative about about being obsessed in this aspect. And especially knowing how your brain works. And we can speak about this in a a couple of seconds, Mm -hmm. in a couple of minutes maybe. Yeah there's something beautiful about being obsessed when it's your craft either if it's manual if it's mental or whatever work you do if you fall into the zone and in the flow state and you lose track of time stay in that zone don't try to 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 quit and don't try to to ex- escape it it's your body telling you this is made for me this is my superpower and i can be a lot better paid than if i go and do a other job because you just it doesn't feel like work even if you have challenges and it's hard it's a good hard it's an inspiring challenge for me when i have something in my business i'm like how am i gonna solve this some people will say i don't want to do this i want to go watch netflix i want to go uh, to the bar i want to continue to study to understand what i have to study to be better at what i do you know what i mean so it's the same for you i would see that yeah but
0: the thing is my, my, because I agree with what you're saying basically, because that that's entirely true. But my point is about balance. Um, Cause trust me, I've been pretty wide deep to that spectrum, like being zoned, like, you know, for example, I, you know, I, I could not worked more than 24 hours in a row, you know, like I, I was pretty crazy on that, you know, and, The thing is, zone. Um, there's like a, a kind of step. Nowadays, I see it, you know. It's just being a bit more pragmatic, actually. It's just that I'm still in the zone. I'm still having fun in a way. But like, it's getting to a point where I stick on such small things that are so, um, they, 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 they just like, you know, they eat a lot of energy out of you. You know, they it's just extremely tiresome like that, like, 0.5% that swallow those pretense like all your efforts but like after 12 13 hours there's a there's like a step that i used to go across where each hour i was working on was absolutely counterproductive and the mm. simple answer was i need sleep i need rest i need food water you know just to let it go for a night and come back in the morning have a clear mind you know just have more perspective and so four hours in a row last night after 40 minutes in the morning after it was like that you know it was fixed and i kind of like i I, i've actually pinpoint where that exact threshold is in my schedules whenever i work more than 12 hours a day uh, every minute, hour I do more is counterproductive. And but the, the thing is, I explored it. I tried it. You know, I've reached it. I know my limits nowadays because I had to cross them over. And nowadays, because I I've had like a big, big pattern in my life. Every experience I've ever done to go way over my limit. That's so funny. My mom, she, she's got like, she's very wise person. She's got like a very interesting perspective. I don't know if she picked it up somewhere else or she invented it. I have no clue. Probably she's seen it somewhere, but like, there's your comfort zone. Mm-hmm. There's like the outside your comfort zone. It's just like bigger circle. That's where you grow up and that's where you play. That's where you, you expand yourself. You grow up as a person. Like, Beyond that circle, there's the damage zone.
1: Mm-hmm. Interesting.
0: And that's what she told me. And trust me, I've been in the damage zone more than enough. And oh. I, I, the thing is, I didn't make the difference in my mind between both. Mm-hmm. And when you cross over to damage zone, you still learn. Um, you still explore stuff. You can get more perspective. But trust me, you're going to leave a couple of feathers more than if You didn't went over it. And the thing is, is to know where that zone is in whatever aspect of your life. Uh, That's what you told me. I tried to live by that motto, but it was just my own perspective. But, you know, and like you have to explore outside your comfort zone to know where it's at. But, like, for some people, it's going to be something. For some others, it's going to be something else. And me, five years ago, was something. Now it's something else. Sometimes, like, I have, like, a bigger – like, I expand my comfort zone. Sometimes I actually kind of shrunk it down, you know, different things. I just – we all, like, move on in life and we adapt. And But the thing is, you know, like, to go back with schedules and hours and stuff, it's also because, like, um, I put myself a lot of pressure, you know, because I, I was mostly taking orders. Like uh, that's something I'm just starting to do right now. You know, just like as myself, out of my mind, out of my heart, you know, and just like put it on sale on the internet, local, for people to see, and if they like it, they're gonna buy it. I've never done that, ever. I'm just doing word of mouth like that, and like people come to me. And you tell me what they want, and it's a good thing because, like, it's guaranteed money if you deliver, you know. So, like, that's the safe – like, it, it's um, – it makes you feel safe, like, money and work-wise, you know, because, you know, you, you'll you have bread put on the table because there's yeah. work coming in. Like, I had, like, a, a, an order log that for six months, you know. I was basically booked for yeah, six that's months. That's beautiful. But, Hats off to you, man. But thank you. I appreciate it. But the thing is, it's like – a. <laughs> Sorry for the pun, but like a double edged sword. So yeah.
1: it's- <laughs> <The breakfast> joke. <laughs>
0: Holy cow, no, that that's gonna be the last oh, one, sorry. I hope. But you know, it's just um, like of course you have guaranteed job, you have guaranteed money, like people come to you, it makes you feel proud, you know, stuff, but you don't sit on your laurels anyway, you must not. That's the perfect recite for failures, just yeah. sitting on your ass and you don't do that <laughs> ever and but the, the, the thing is yeah it's just like it's fun because you know it's entertaining and makes you explore stuff that you wouldn't normally always do but um, for example the question I was asking myself after a while because most of my job when I'm doing um, custom work I kind of like follow the whole process through with the client like I I, I take like a lot of time to ask them like how they want it? Like I've did a little form where like they can answer question the way they want it. Like I've got any explanation, my knife, the, the way the process I do it. Like it's a five thousand word document I put it inside pieces with the, the form. You know, it's it's very exhaustive, very very lots of details. You know, I go through it. I'm pretty open about it. And you know, people they love it. You know, they feel like oh they're taken care of and stuff. And I like to do it. Actually, I love to do it. But it's always about balance. Um, because I was just doing that and spending like 20, 30 hours a week just doing like feedback calls with my client. And, oh, I've got this. And oh, that handle did not do well. I start over at least like five, six hours there. You know, mm-hmm. it, it was like eating a lot of my time. And that's time for I'm sure. not spending in the shop actually doing knives. And yeah, it's all about balance again, because the thing is, I've been doing only that for two years now, actually, right now. Uh, and... The, the way I see it is like, it's very fun, it's very nice, but it's not balanced. I need to do also some of my own stuff because the question I actually ask myself is, am I a product provider or a service provider or both in a way? And the answer is pretty much both.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But if I'm true to myself, I will be more of a product uh, prom- um, provider and a serv- service that comes with it as a product. But I mainly sell knives, you know. I kind of sell myself and like my skills and stuff also. That's for sure. But in the long run, if I want to to keep my mental integrity and, <laughs> and keep sane, I need to have more balance. So, for example, in the future, I'll still do orders. But a smaller fraction of my work will be it. And what I feel is also it will benefit the clients that I will have. Because instead of like being usual, like, uh grind like of work it it will be like a little more specific it will come at premium price tag too because it's very very time worthy and yeah so but the thing is it will deliver better products and i'll give plenty of time for it and i can also the thing is because i do my own stuff on the side i can do more exploration and expand like my skill my craft myself you know and Mm -hmm. take time to do side project, you know, and get better perspective. And that will trickle down to the custom works, for example. And it's all about balance. And nowadays I've decided, like, for example, I finished my last order last week and I've started to do, like, other stuff, you know, like, also knives, but also, like, uh, woodworking tools, uh, Mm -hmm. gardening tools, and just I don't try to lose myself and expend myself various different things, but just to play a bit, you know, change a bit space And yeah, so let, it's let fun. me
1: uh, there's something I want to say about that. I think it's interesting that you so you finished your work. And now you're curious about exploring different avenues without losing what you're doing already. How can you exactly. say so, so for people who are maybe used to do just one thing, and they feel it's time to explore other things, but maybe they're either they're afraid to try something new or they they don't know where they should lead their direction or their curiosity how do you help them to just go after what feels good or what go after what like is maybe new to them and any tips for that for for beginners
0: Uh, just, just so i understand clearly what you're asking just like for example somebody who's got like a like nine to five job like he's pretty well in that like he's got the good vibe he wants like family whatever you know like it's going well but need just a little kick more like there's something like a passion for example that person had for like 20 years you know like that it's like oh yeah i could try that um if there's one thing personally that if i could speak to myself 10 years ago uh to do because like but i i don't have the same perspective most people on that because i was like jumping head front you know in life. Just like ah, just pull run, you know, and <laughs> rocket and ship. Like yeah, the thing is, uh, now nowadays I'm much more careful, you know. Yeah, <laughs> I kind uh, of burn my toes once in a, a while. helmet
1: now. <laughs>
0: yeah, pretty much, and I, I don't I don't run, I walk, because that's the thing. What what I say most people, for example, want to learn new crafts. Just like learn to walk before trying to run, and just take your time, do it at your own pace, and once in a while, maybe just kick yourself but for example I don't know like I have a friend okay he's um he's a, like instrument salesman okay but he started doing like pottery ceramic working mm-hmm. classes okay uh, just for fun no just find us all you know it's not even a, like doesn't sell his stuff just, just because it's relaxing and stuff and he, he started by just going to a class you know just to have an introduction have like the basics and stuff and just just like to see if he likes it or not. And have a taste of it. And he really, 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 it grew on him, actually, really loved it. And,
1: hmm.
0: you know, little by little, he just, yeah, he started to play, went more to that school. Then he bought himself, like, a clay-turning tool, you know, uh-huh. just to form, like, the, the pots and pot, whatever, yeah. you know. And then he bought himself a oven. Like, it's pretty, like, it's pretty spending, you know, like, it's pretty expensive. Actually, when you're a craftsman, you buy your own stuff, you know, you, yeah. it goes fast, pretty quick. So except if you, whatever your financial situation is, not my business, you know, but like I suggest, you know, just go step by step and try stuff, like have some sort of network or, like I'm speaking logistically nowadays, for for right now about tricks, you know, and suggestion, but I'll go on the mental aspect just afterwards. But, you know, like logistically, just take your time, don't go too deep into it uh, too fast. Just go at a step the way you feel at ease with it. So you keep the fun, you know, Mm, you do it for fun. It's something that must be nice. You must come to that place and be like, I'm so happy to be here. You know, it must stay like that as much as you can. Because trust me, when it's your day job, there are days that suck. But that's (laughs) all right. Because if you see the big picture, you know why you're doing it. And you choose that and you assume it, you know. But the thing is, uh, it it must stay fun. For example, me in the photography, that's something that happened. After a while, when I was doing like contract stuff, it wasn't fun anymore. I kind of hated it for a while. Uh-huh. And it made me very sad because I used to love photography, for example. And I've learned a lot from photography. And all I've learned through photography, I tried to to, to you know to to kind of like remember that when I went to the knife making business, for example. But yeah, also like because I was I was talking about like very logistical stuff, but when talking about mindset like be daring to do that kind of stuff, you know. Um like simply when you think about that everything, be it like I was talking pottery, but some people is, I don't know, like marathon running, you know, like sport activity can be, I think, in similar dynamic. Um, if it comes, you know, like, I don't know, not, not even from the mind, but you think about that stuff and it just uplifts you, you know, it feels yeah. good. Uh, it can't be wrong, you know. No matter the scale you do, it comes from somewhere that make sense even though it's not rational and that's something you must trust in my opinion you know and basically i'd say why not you know and again with the logistical aspect i was talking earlier just do it at your own pace and with your means the way like with your own uh, possibilities. Like maybe you could not do it on full scale right away, leave your job. I, I don't, that's something I don't recommend leaving your job straight away, actually. Yeah. Uh, because like you must and ask yourself what you want with that stuff, how you project yourself. Like you, you got to keep it like a day to day, but it's not a bad thing to try to, to project yourself in the future where you see it where you see yourself with that stuff six months, a year from now, you know, and then you come back six months, a year later and you check back that list. You're like, Oh damn, that's not exactly how it went, you know, but at least you tried it and yeah. it's just, it's interesting, you know, but really, really ask yourself question. Do I really want to do it? Does it come from the heart? You know, it's just like people say it's nice, nice, but you know, it must come from yourself, not from other people because other people, they don't live in your shoes. You know, it's not them who's going to work, do it, work it, you know, and, you got no time to impress people, you know. You, when you really impress people, it's no matter what you do, you do it really, really, really well, and you excel. And that's when you impress people. It's not even that important. You don't really care, you know. We want to make, for example, when you give product service, you want people to appreciate what you're doing. But impress, it's yourself you must impress. impress.
1: And I love that. That's that worth
0: quote. it. Because like so many people do stuff to impress people. It's so shallow, you know. For example, you cross the street, you get hit by a car. Afterwards, who's going to care? you know, <laughs> about like, No, seriously, you because know, that's something in life, uh-huh. I lost a lot of friends either by like suicide, cancer, whatever, and like uh-huh. I've had myself a near-death experience like seven years ago and yeah, that's something to change your perspective also, I must say, because, you know, if life can end like any time and, like, as long as you do something that feels right, you know, and you, if you were to pass out and die, it's at least like, yeah, I've done what I had to do, you know. <laughs> that's what went to my head when it happened, actually. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, regret, that, that, yeah. yeah well, like, you're always going to have like some regrets, but at least, at least there's stuff try. that you're proud try. of, you know. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, don't try to impress people with yeah, that. That's been a bit like uh,
1: I diverge a bit, but yeah, no, it's, it's, man, it's, it's powerful, it's just, what you're saying, Ludwig. It's very powerful. Oh, thank you. Know? you. Uh, what you just said about if somebody would face a near-death experience and they could feel, wow, no matter what happens today, I'm proud of what I've achieved in this world, no matter your age, 30, 40, 20, 80. Look, that's that's a very powerful wisdom nugget here because if you have such experience, maybe an accident or a, a big disease and you really don't feel well, you're in hospital or you're healing at home, and you're like, man, if I would pass away right now, so many things I haven't tried, and it would be like this heaviness and emptiness. And you know, I had the same feeling, uh, and people know my story from 2016, when I had this, not drug overdose, but like a- hospitalization, and I was I was, tr- I was, thinking I was dying, I had a heart attack. It was not a heart attack, it was just panic attack, just to a yeah. high, very high degree. And I was yelling, I don't want to die. I don't want to die, grandma. I don't want to die. And from this moment, my life was never the same because I could see I was not living in an authentic way. And because of that, my body was responding and all my behaviors were telling me, Anthony, wake up, wake up. This is not your path, man. This is not your product. This is not your industry. Go find your health back and go after what you really love. And life will will reward you when you go this path. And you're a very good example of that because this blacksmith is, you must be one in a million that I know that's doing this job. Like the only guy I know that's doing this and making an income that is not just like a hobby or as you said, two knives a year, you're living and you have a good salary from that and you love that. That's... I'm getting there. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's very <laughs> impressive, man. So yeah, props to you and, and the mental that you have, the mentality of what everything you're saying, it's the wisdom you have at your age and I'm, I'm well, almost the same age, but it shows that you've been through a lot and most people who are used to comfort will not have this mentality because they're just used to numb them themselves with quick pleasures and distractions and this is this doesn't make you grow but you've been through mm-hmm. a lot and it shows how you speak so thank you for uh, for these last comments it was very interesting Ah, but you know
0: it's just like we all live like our, our own stuff you know like that's for example, I always joke about it. people, oh, you've been doing so much stuff, you had so much job. But yeah, I didn't went to school after high school, so like I had time for it. Yeah. But you know, my, for example, it's funny because another, another thing that I, I find quite, quite funny about like when I, I talk about what I do and people are like, oh, you're so lucky, you know. They, they say always, and they're not wrong. I'm not saying they're wrong, but you know, they say, yeah. oh, you're so lucky. And at first it kind of pissed me off you know I must I must acknowledge it because it's like as if they were saying oh you're lucky that that it goes well it works but like it, it I felt wrongly that it, it was like dismissing the whole work that tremendous Which is absolutely hard. monstrous amount of work it required to go there and it's just like oh you're lucky oh, you're it's like I was like hey guys I I've Got like basically a high school degree. I went to post like that, the sculpture class, for example. I didn't finish the whole class, mm-hmm.
1: so I did the year. Oh, oh, sorry, can you repeat? The thing? We lost the connection. How long were you in the art school? We lost connection. Just can you repeat that, please? It's the year, basically. Uh, do you hear me? Yeah, no, it's okay. All right, cool. I went to
0: art. I I went to hard school just for a year, basically. I didn't finish the whole class. It was a three-year class, mm-hmm. and yeah, I need to to, to, to breathe some new fresh air. So I went traveling and bro like overseas and I experiment new things and stuff. But you know the thing is, um, yeah, basically you know it's just like I made the choice to do these experiments, these experiences, and like the thing is I don't have, I, I I didn't have like a stable job. Like I didn't have like a nine to five. I don't have, I don't have a car. I actually ran at my place, the workshop, you know, to my parents stuff, but I still don't have much of my place, you know, especially with COVID. I had to move around. I didn't want to stay like in the city, yeah. sh- shut shuttered down, you know? So I, I did quite a lot of sacrifices and like some things I bypassed cause I had a dream, you know, like I didn't have like a, you know, like pension stuff like that. didn't have safety. I used to be extremely broke, you know, like crazy broke, like basically, you know, and people are like, oh, you're so lucky. I'm like, yeah, but like you have a car, you know, you have a safety piece of mind. You want to go two weeks, like in holidays, Cuba, you can do it. You know me, I'm I'm not struggling, but I'm grinding, you know, I'm doing it. (laughs) But, you know, it comes with a price, and it's not that it's good or bad, right or wrong. It's just when you put the sums of like benefits and, just like how it costs to get it the finally it kind of evens out you know and it's just it's just better worse there's a part of luck that's the thing with with time I kind of realized that my upbringing uh, my perspective the way I see stuff it helps a lot to, to do my own stuff and do something that pretty much very few other people do you know mm-hmm. and I've been lucky to have like a very very good memory and like have good intellectual assimilation capacity to learn new stuff you know like that Sorry, it's not bragging, but like I, I learn stuff fast, basically. Whatever I do, I learn very, very fast, you know, and really yeah. well. I'm very focused, you know, and that that's a gift I receive from whoever's up there, you know. And, <laughs> and, there, you know? and the thing is, um, I am lucky, you know, because through that whole endeavor, I've been lucky to, to, to make it work and some stuff, but it comes with, tremendous amount of work and nowadays i kind of see that most people actually they work hard you know everybody's working hard everybody's trying their best mostly you know like maybe some exception yeah. we don't care you know it's just it, people are trying hard in their own means their own ways own perspective with their own tools you know and it's just applied differently it's not right or wrong you know and i respect a lot more than i used to because i used to be actually very very Sorry for, sorry for kind of swearing, but like a little prick about it, you know, like yeah. ah, people working nine, five, eh? wasting the life away. But the thing is um, I kind of realized that, no, they're just trying their best. They have their own motivation and they're all so valid and stuff. And, you know, it, it kind of made me grow as a person. And nowadays I see that people see it in my work also, you know, and when they sit there, I'm lucky that they don't, they're not dismissing work yeah, whatever okay. it's validating actually nowadays i receive it as a very very gentle compliment and i'm grateful for it and it's important to be grateful
1: <laughs> yeah beautiful beautiful um can you tell us a bit about so when you have to handle with clients so earlier you spoke about okay they have specific needs and it's custom made so you have to interact with them how were your strategy to make sure that they were satisfied and like, stay professional, stay up to your game? And did you have any strategy in terms terms of messaging? Was it just on the phone? And how to assure stellar quality customer service in your experience?
0: Um, The truth is, uh, at first, I I, I must be very, very honest. I've had some missteps uh, when I was handling client service and stuff. Um, because like everybody, man. Me yeah, too. you know, but it's learning. You know that I call it like the the auto, didact uh scholar fee. You know, <laughs> 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 you learn by yourself it's pretty expensive sometimes. Yeah. You know, and you're learning hard. Way. Yeah, exactly, but you, yeah, it, it's pretty efficient. It's like a tax pretty <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it It's a, well. a fine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> go straight to prison, don't pass go. <laughs> no, no, yeah, we're just kidding. Exactly. But you know, it's just, uh, and one thing I kind of realized, you know, just, it, it comes back to what I was saying a bit earlier, you know, am I like a serv- service provider, like product provider? I was trying really, really hard to be a service provider, and there's one thing particular of my experience. My work in the restaurant business. I was a waiter and barman, and I've actually had some sort of like mental breakdown, like burnout from mm-hmm. restaurant business, you know. And like one thing that really, really drove me nuts is that, uh, you know, like the, they the just like, oh, hello, hello, you know, just like put yourself mask and fake face, positive, you know? yeah. Yeah, and I, I used to be extremely good at it, and now I'm completely bad at it. I can't do it anymore for the mm. life of me. It's just, it burns no, you. I can't. Yeah, yeah, so I am not. I, I want to say something. Oh. You got me? Uh, yeah yeah now now you're back okay can you repeat that okay cool of course and just like for example two years ago i had like two clients in particular for example um they um they, they were asking some pretty specific stuff and they were pretty knowledgeable about knives and the thing is uh i i went like a lot a lot you know through the process the way i was doing it you know like everything how they wanted their handles the shape you know all the details like very very specific technical details and i like literally like babysitting them like to also suggest the stuff and um you know like they they were very very thrilled for that 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 knife you know to come both of them you know and the, the thing that happened with them is that miscommunication was very 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 problematic because i was giving schedules i was giving due times and because i was starting up i was not meeting them because there were some like a uh, little uh not challenge but like a unplanned events that were happening that just yeah. bust my whole schedule and i didn't have much pillow to deal with them you know not much uh, buffer you know and thing as it didn't deliver and like two of these people it was gifts you know <laughs> gifts for like birthdays so man. there was a due date that you had to restate oh, you know geez. and that hurt you know oh, that hurt a Imagine lot in the pain oh. and i felt like yeah, I feel like crying stuff, you know, because I'm very hard on myself when I fail. Not as much as I used to, because I'm mm-hmm. more balanced with it, but I used to be extremely rough on myself. And, you know, and that's something nowadays, just it comes back also to learn to say no. And I feel like the best service, for example, when I learned to do it nowadays goes very, very well. It's just that I assume who I am, what I'm capable of. What are my limits? And I tell them up front to the people so they know what what I'm up to, you know? And Mm -hmm. we can play in those parameters. And I ask them what they're up to, what is, what they want, you know? And we reach in the middle and we stay to that and we keep in touch, clear, crystal clear, no vague gray zone, you know? Always like clear, 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 as simple as possible. And since I'm doing that and I assume myself, stellar, you know, it goes well. And it's not that complicated. And the thing is, I know that I'm a craftsman first and foremost. Of course, I'm a salesman. I have to sell myself also because I'm an entrepreneur, but yeah, I am more uh, true to myself when I say that I'm providing a product that's very well made. There's like an after sale care that if you come back, ship, yeah, I'll fix it. There's no work, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. but i'm making knives i'm not like serving plates and stuff it's not exactly the same you know and i'll be courteous and stuff but i must assume my limits and to work well and the client will benefit of it because it's going to go well it's going to go through the proper process going to be reliable
1: yeah and
0: nowadays it just goes better like that and um yeah so so now, for example, I don't give due dates and I don't take birthday orders
1: anymore, you know? <laughs> That's a hard lesson. I man. don't do I it. Just imagine. No, because I
0: could do it. For example, what I know, it's very easy and I can. I feel like doing it for friends, for example. Yeah, I still do it yeah. once in a while, but not for just everybody and stuff like that, you know, in big projects, I'm not sure of, you know? I, I try yeah. to stay within, like, what I'm very, very Be certain. Uh, confident yeah. yeah, that I can deliver, you know? and for like just come back to your question since since i'm doing this you know uh some people have been turned off by it but what i came to realize that
1: might sound arrogant but i assume it's wholeheartedly but uncensored man just speak your, your truth that's what's important on <laughs> this podcast there's no yeah don't that that's small disclaimers just because it can be misinterpreted but doesn't matter people's opinion <laughs> You yeah. can go see a different <laughs> podcast if they want a Politically Correct and a Vanilla Ice <laughs> content. Uh, I'm, oh, cool, man. I appreciate it, though. <laughs> the but you know, the, the, these,
0: for example, these people that were complaining, I'm more than happy to direct them towards some other nice salesman provider that will suit their needs better. And I'm completely transparent with it. Or for example, my knives, they cost like average, like six, 700 Canadian dollars, like those 500 US dollars, you know, they're pretty expensive, but I'm definitely not the most expensive in that like specific niche, you know, uh, there are some people yeah. who are much more, more expensive, but still it's, still, it's a lot of money for a piece of steel and wood that cuts, you know, like I, I, I know it
1: <laughs> and I assume point.
0: it, Yeah. you know, <laughs> but the thing is. For people, for example, that went it's so expensive, why you sell it like that? I used to explain a whole trick, the whole uh, fourteen the hour time, single man. piece, you know. But I don't do it anymore. I like it much less, you know. I just say, you know, that's what I do. That's what I'm worth. I assume it. it's worth it. But if you don't feel like paying for it, I respect that. It's your own thing. There's no worry. But if you want similar quality and you want to pay less. These guys, these knife, for example, there's like Knifeware and other one. Just name dropping a bit because I, I love these guys. Uh, Sharp Knife Shop in uh, in uh, Toronto, Station Montreal. Also like very good knife shop. They have $80 knife and $8,000 knife. The whole yeah. spectrum in between, you know, like it's all good stuff. There's nothing bad, you know, and you choose. You go there, it's total service and it's Japanese. What I do is basically extremely similar, if not identical, to Japanese knife. It's the same construction method, same heat treating techniques, and it's very similar, or the same steels, uh, same endo construction, it's the same, and feels the same, cuts the same, you know? So like, when I suggest alternative, I suggest like Japanese knife, for example, and these guys, when I tell them, okay, go there, and you know, you see that knife, 180 bucks, I literally take the time instead to give them a link to that website and mm-hmm. suggest them, somebody else, that's gonna do it well. People are like, well, that's so thoughtful of you. I appreciate yeah. it, you know, and they're thankful. And they're like, okay, okay, I can't pay $600 for a knife, but this guy's, you know, he's all right, you know. And yeah, I always cool. have like a step-brother of the dog, of the neighbor of somebody, you know. <laughs> brother <laughs> of the dog. He's got like a lot of dough to drop on a handmade knife. they like, oh, yeah, go see that guy, you know. I didn't buy a knife, but.
1: Yeah, fine. You you have an abundance mindset. You don't, that's, I think, let's uh, extract value from what you just said. The abundance mindset of you don't lack clients and because you're so confident in your worth. So that no matter who comes to you as a lead, if it's Mm. too expensive, you know where to to push them away in a polite Mm. and courteous way. And people who yeah. will want you, they will stay and they will be grateful for your service. So, you yeah. don't waste time on the clients who don't want to pay six, seven hundred. And I mean, I don't waste it. their everybody time. Wins. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's, that's perfect, man. Yeah, and the thing time. is,
0: you know, these guys, for example, um, uh, you know, like at first, they kind of like uh, pissed off when I tell them the price. You know, they feel insulted. And I'm like, uh, sometimes I just slightly go into details you know it's like they, are you aware of what it takes are you just do you know anything about it just i'm just asking them like mm-hmm. sincerely you know and they they have no clue you know and i'm just like you know it's basically like how it works like in between like 60 to 90 hours a week you know and i make three knives four knives in that time you know and all the rest they're like oh damn that's a lot of work i don't go into technical details they're like Okay. Okay. Now I see. And I'm marine, just like, yeah. but the thing is, you know, for example, let people are like, Oh yeah, we must encourage like handmade local craft. And I work also a lot with recycled materials. Like some of my knife are like a hundred percent recycled material. Hmm. And it, that, that gives like a very good marketing value, but I, yeah, sure. I, I don't want to, I'm sorry. I don't want to bullshit people. You know, it's good stuff. I, You know, I do it because it's good stuff and it happens to be recycled material, locally made, handmade, you know, but if the the quality is not there, I wouldn't sell it, you know, and yeah, basically, you know, uh, that's one thing I say, yeah, you're going to pay 500, but I'm going to give you a lot for your dough. You know, you're going to have your great grandchildren will have that knife in 100 years, you know, basically, so it's an investment if you really want it. And, you know, and like for these people, that's where I suggest they don't want to pay the one similar like heirloom quality. That's where I suggest like Japanese knife makers that are a little bit more like on the volume scale, but they give very, very, very good product and mm. yeah, basically uh, I kind of forgot my point there though. I got to be honest. Uh, um,
1: yeah. Well, just it, it was coming back to, you know, how to uh, navigate through people and Lead them to the right, pe- the right people the, who will be the better fit for them, for their needs. And that just, it's a business lesson to just to know yourself, to know what you're good at. And if people don't understand your craftsmanship, and that's good not only for manual work, but also for coaches and people, for service providers, you know you're worth your money. Then people will pay it. And if they don't want to pay it, they can go see somewhere else to a cheaper place. And that's yeah. okay uh, the thing
0: is, I'm lucky to have a niche, you know, I have a very small niche. Yes, uh, exactly. It's very, very well identified and it's easy yeah. to pinpoint, you know, yeah. and that that's one of the lucks I've had in my business endeavors. Yeah. That. So when I was a photographer, I could, like, I was like very niche in my photography for like when I was doing all clients and uh, like custom, uh, not custom, but um corporate photography stuff i was doing whatever could pass through my hands you know mm-hmm. i was trying my best but yeah. uh, nowadays I uh, it's very niche you know so that helps uh, it, it just simplifies things a lot because i'm dealing similar products and it's more reliable and that, that's very helpful because some for some for example somebody who does does like business counseling of course yeah it's mostly about like helping people to to, to deal with the whole like endeavor of being a businessman, like the logistical aspect, mental aspect and stuff, but it's very—it's a wide spectrum and I think some people are more geared for that kind of stuff than others. For example, me, I think I'd have a hard time to be a good business counselor because I'm too specific on stuff and I would stick on some points and forget some and that could be detrimental, yeah. for example. and Different people have different skills, quality and, and you were saying, for example, navigate through people. It's funny because I used to be extremely, extremely uh, unable to deal with people because i I actually, yeah, I'm in the. Uh, we we're talking a bit about it earlier, I think, yeah. but uh, yeah, basically, uh, when I was young, I was diagnosed with Asperger's syndrome. And long story short, my, my, my short stories are long, actually, that's what I can't realize nowadays, but in case, uh, yeah. Uh, that that diagnosis was dismissed when I was in high school because they're like, no, you can socialize. Um, when I was a kid, I couldn't speak to people. I was basically just in my hand playing sand, branches, whatever nature, for six hours straight, just zone out, and I wouldn't speak to anybody. But like somebody was talking the word dinosaur, for somebody I used to be passionate about dinosaurs. You know, and I was just like. Vomiting information for forty-five <laughs> minutes straight. You know, Latin names, where they live, their era, Cretaceous, whatever. Like, I go crazy. <laughs> you know, but then they stop talking about dinosaurs. Just go back to set playing just being mute You know, and that was it was a bit sketchy at first. But some people were a bit like troubled by it. But you know, I wasn't harming anybody since. So. It
1: was you, man. It was yeah. Like, but the thing is, you.
0: yeah. But the thing is, like, uh, for example, I I didn't do like. Um, Second degree, you know, when people say stuff and, like, they mean something else. That's something that was absolutely alien to me as a concept. And just humor. I didn't have humor. I didn't knew what was a joke. Like, basically, you know, that that's how deep it was, you know. And, mm. and, and, and just to resume it, basically, like, I in high school especially, uh, I begin to do some sort of social anxiety and, like, I realized that, okay, yeah, I don't get what most people do. You know, I was walking... I thought everybody was laughing at me, even though they were not laughing. I was like getting paranoid about how people would see me that's something i didn't have when I was a kid like little by little, I, I kind of learned to 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 um calculate like how people work you know just see back. <laughs> <laughs> Formula, Yeah, just like oh, the way I speak something, yeah, it's going to come across as creepy, you know, so like, it's <laughs> good, you, know? <laughs> you know, you learn it, you go through it, but like it was pretty analytical process. It wasn't like natural, but with time and because actually that that's one thing, like the, the whole motivations, because even though it's was mute when I was a kid, I love people. I love to be around people. It's just I didn't like to talk. <laughs> it's weird, but yes, I was like, oh I wanna I want to be I was sincere in my in my willing to, to, to know how to deal with people and I did it and it worked, you know. Nowadays I'm very fluent, but but it's still you know I have to the, just like the, not every morning, like a prep session, but it's just like I, I have to put myself in that mindset whenever yourself, I'm alone. Yeah. yeah, whenever I'm alone in the shop, you know, I just go like full new to uh, <sighs> like zone. And when people, for for example, come in the shop when I'm in that zone, sometimes I, my, my first reflex is not even spin, just look in, I'm trying to <laughs> wire it back, you know, you know, and uh. Yeah, but, like, so, for example, uh, when I was doing, like, uh, like after high school, like, it went pretty well, like, then, but still, I had some stuff to learn, and even because I work in service industry, it was, like, I was talking about comfort and, like, damage zone, like, I was pretty much in between comfort, uh, outside mm-hmm. of comfort and damage zone, you know, so, it's been extremely uh, tough, it's been tough because i was working like 70 80 hours a week also so I was tired and I, I will acknowledge this like working restaurant industry i've had a drinking problem and it's been pretty yeah. troublesome for a while now mm. it's gone it's fixed no worries there but like it, it's been rough like the whole environment was a bit toxic for that and i wasn't wired tough enough to deal with it at first yeah. so imagine. yeah that came with a lot of struggle but the thing is uh like I've learned a lot about people and dealing with people because I was just, just, my job was socializing like all day long, you know, basically, and learning how to read people and stuff. And I, I'm really glad I did this, but I wouldn't do it again. <laughs> and when I think about from where I'm from, like, uh, psychologically wise mm-hmm. to what I've done afterwards, I'm like, shit, I did that. <laughs> <laughs> even now I'm like how did I do it you know and the thing is nowadays I just try to calibrate just bad stuff you know like just not go too heavy too hard and whatever be it socializing extremely like because I love to socialize with people but I need my quiet time you know I need to charge go and charge my batteries and stuff
1: and, of course yeah and be alone yeah I'm a loner guy mostly I love people but I'm a loner <laughs> you know it's
0: just
1: it's a bit paradoxical but but some people are like this, man, and it's okay. I think you just accept and love who you are, and when you are with people, they they love to be with you. And when you have your time alone, it's okay. I have also introvert side. I like to be in my home and work on myself, study, read, watch videos. But I love to be with my family too. So people are different. Some people will yeah. be very extroverted. You just discover, and you're you yeah you stay true to yourself. Ludwig, we have to close very soon because I have a lesson uh, very soon. So my last question for you today is if we go ahead of time, let's say it's five years from now in 2027 and people go back at your episode and they listen to your episode, what you want them to remember of your episode? What do you want them to remember? Like your wisdom, something, maybe uh, a piece of advice that represents who you are and your, yeah, your experience here.
0: I'd say, um, no matter what you do, no matter what endeavor you go, like, what, whatever your life plans are, just, I like, stay true to yourself, like, it's extremely important to, like, exactly know where you stand on stuff in life, as much as you can, like, you can't always know it, but, like, at least do the work, you know, to, to, to ask yourself questions, like, Mm-hmm. how i feel towards situations towards people uh, towards like future towards past things i've done But like to know yourself for real don't hide to yourself stuff don't lie to yourself and don't do stuff it hey, will happen that will you will do stuff that is in your fiber and that you don't feel like doing and that's part of the learning process but the more you, you do you go through things you have to just know what is you you know and deal with it accordingly to respect yourself and in my my honest opinion that's one of the keys to happiness but success okay cool success but like to, to to feel like wholly happy you know truly yeah. happy you know and and whatever you do and after that like the rest can trickle down it's not like magic solution but mm that helps a lot and it can't hurt, you know, and few people actually really, really are um, very diligent about this that I know of personally, but these person, you can pinpoint them and they Mm -hmm. feel like a light around the other people. I'm not saying other people are dark or wrong, but they can help other people just by really get themselves to their full potential and, you know, be the best version of something that somebody can be. Yeah, be the Yeah, and it's too and everybody life. can do it, but, like, in their own way, whatever the media, whatever the channel, just, yeah, be yourself, But like, for real, you know, and assume it. And if it displeases people, oh, just smile back at them, tell them to be happy, and or tell them whatever you want actually you do it whatever you want <laughs> you know but just assume it and just smile you know and when you smile and face people like that they feel disarmed and, you know they, 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 they're a bit buzzed you know so it's yeah it feels and people the, are happy you bust. just have
1: praise them and it's sure. yeah all about love yourself yeah. others so that's what i have to say buddy Ludwig, thank you so much for your time my friend So it's a great episode. I was not expecting as much wisdom, like from such a young guy. (laughs) It was we went deep, and it was very powerful. So thank you so much. How can people uh, can connect with you online to see your work, to speak with you, to say thank you for this episode, whatever they want to to do with you? Um,
0: I have my old photography Instagram account that I'm transforming slowly but steadily into knife making account Mm -hmm. or i'll do another one but we'll go there there but i always i'm very very active on instagram facebook a little bit less and i don't have yet because i did word of mouth i'm still building up like the old website and all that stuff so it's still a bit like uh homemade stuff but like true instagram it's lotfong l-o-t-f-o-n-g on Instagram, uh, you see like photography from my past travel in Nepal, Asia, whatever. But like, you have like those memories, highlight. Like. It's all knife related stuff. And I post once in a while so knives. But in a very, very near future, that page will transform itself to knife making only. And there, if you follow me on Lotwang, you'll see it all true. And I post stories really often in the shop and also musical stuff I'm listening when I work. Some people, I
1: love music, you know,
0: listening awesome. and learning new music. So, Yeah, you can see a lot of stuff. That's the
1: best way to connect. Thank you, man. So, And for me, guys, uh, this is Anthony Revet, your host for Your Brothers Podcast. You can follow me personally, Anthony Rivet, on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram principally. And Your Brothers Podcast will be on YouTube, YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and other platforms. So thank you for your time. Thank you for subscribing, like, share with your friends or your family. And if you want to support me financially, you can click on the Patreon link, link in the description. I accept donation uh, to any amount. If you love the content to help me grow this channel and have more amazing guests. So on that note, I sign off. Thank you so much and see you next time.